Ladies and gentlemen, George Wilder Jr. Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air, folks. We're usually, we're not on the air on a Friday, and this is a Friday evening. Uh, the reason why we're on the air <laughs> Friday evening because we were off uh, two days be- uh, at the start of the beginning of the week. But now it's Friday, and I said, well, well let's do a show. Uh, since we were on Monday and Tuesday, we can do a show on Friday. And that's why we, how we ended up doing a show on Friday. And it's glorious. It's great. It's beautiful. All right. Uh, thanks for tuning in to the George Wilder Jr. Show. You're always appreci- pre- appreciated. Oh, my mouth is twisted. Thank you. All right. Thanks for tuning in to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Uh, on Friday, this is unusual because the show is basically Monday through um, Thursday, four days a week. Sometimes five, uh, two or three hours uh, a night, uh, actually an hour and a half to two hours a night, okay? And uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of uh, not much preparation because sometimes I just come. I'm also the producer of the show, okay? I'm I'm the host producer. And if you want to say director, yeah, because I direct everything around here. Uh, It's fun wearing a lot of hats. It really is fun wearing a lot of hats. I mean, you don't have to go out and pay other people to do something that you can do yourself. But I'm not bragging, but you do need talent to do do a podcast. You just can't sit down and, and, you know, and, and think you can do a podcast. You just... I think anything that you set out to do, you really have to have some talent behind it. And people will know if you have talent. 
or not because they were they will let you know that they will let you know of their thoughts on whatever you might be doing uh, so it, it's great to be on uh, a friday it's a beautiful night i mean after the after um after this show is over, we're going to be going out to the movies on a Friday night. And that's something that uh, I haven't done in a long time is go to a movie on a Friday night or just to go out and be with friends on a Friday night. And I think if you're uh, in that arena, no no one should be sitting home on a Friday night, especially if it's a beautiful Friday night in terms of the weather outside. You know, and the weather here in Chicago is balmy. It's like uh, – it's been balmy. It's been warm. It's been, you know, <laughs> I was just talking to a, uh, uh, earlier today, I was talking to a, to a young lady and we were talking about the weather. How many times, uh, people talk about the weather I'm talking about the weather uh, years ago used to be corny. Oh man. They talk, they probably talking about the weather. If you couldn't find anything else to talk about, especially on your first date or your second date, you you start talking about the weather just to try to, you know, uh, just to try to start up a conversation. You know? But talking about the weather in 2018, 2019, it's not just something you just talk about to, to start up a conversation. It's a real thing because of a lot of these weather men, weather women or meteorologists of what they're calling themselves now, I think they're still weather people. I was talking to this young lady this morning um and we were talking about the weather. We were talking about how these weather people on television, these meteorologists, how they just get it all wrong. I mean, they said it was going to snow on Christmas not a snowflake in sight. <laughs> I have been railing against a lot of these people who say they know more than we do about the weather for years, for years. I think I've even put it in a book. I I, I was so pissed off at, at one time. I think I wrote about it. I think I made up something fiction about uh, uh, meteorologists, weathermen or whatever they call themselves, getting it all wrong all the time. And then we have one station here in the city of Chicago calling itself the most accurate weather forecast in the city of Chicago, maybe even the United States. And these jackasses, they got it wrong. But you know what? When you when you go back and watch these guys and girls for getting this shit wrong, but we blame because we know that they're getting hate. And one of the things we were talking about is that how these people get paid to be wrong about the weather. They get paid. And, and years ago, I was thinking that they actually get paid more money to be wrong than they've got more money to be exactly right about the coming weather. They have all of this, well, five-day forecast. Uh, a two-week forecast, and they just wrong up their ass because the weather is funny. The weather can change at a drop of a dime. They may say, well, it's going to be in the 60s tomorrow. In an hour, it changes, and it's the 20. But they can't catch it because all of these guys and girls are doing is just predicting the weather. 
They don't really know what the fuck's going to happen. A lot of them think they do know what's going to happen. And sometimes they're exactly on the money as to what's going to happen. But when you have to get out here, go to work every morning, every morning, go to school, uh, do what you have to do out here in the weather, you, and, and especially if you're working in the environment, the cold environment. You want to know what the hell the weather's going to be like because you want to know how to dress once you walk out your door every morning. And you depend on the weather to tell you exactly what's going on. They don't. They think they do. They think they do. And every time they are wrong, I really get in their asses about it, whether it's on the show or just screaming around the house. You know, because we did expect a white Christmas. They were all over the fucking tube saying it's going to be a white Christmas. Not a snowflake in sight. And then when you watch them again, they try to throw the blame someone else, somewhere else, as, I, as I've said. <laughs> oh, did we say that? Did we say we was going to throw snow on Christmas? Did somebody say that? You know, uh, that kind of shit. But the anchors get in their asses. Well, the snow didn't come today like you said it was going to come, Brent. Then he takes a few days off after he's wrong. Try to think people are going to forget about it. When so many people wanted and were praying for a white Christmas. You know. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Let's see what else we have here besides the weather. But anyway, I hope the weather is nice wherever you are. Okay, the majority, we're going to talk about Trump as always. Uh, the majority in a poll want Trump impeached. Majority of Americans do want Trump impeached. But I understand that Nancy Pelosi is wavering on his impeachment. Why? Why isn't she doing what the blue wave told her to do? Remember, the, the uh, power that Nancy Pelosi has, we gave it to her. We mobilize people to vote. And now she's saying that she doesn't want to impeach him. The world wants to see this man out. She's going to be the leader of the House. I think there still has to be a vote on her somewhere. But uh, they're saying that she's going to be the leader of the House in 2019. And uh, I'm getting all kind of texts and, and emails from folks that are saying, well, uh-uh, George, uh-uh. Uh, 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 she's not going to uh, uh, impeach him. Then I said she ought to get out. She should get out, get her 80, almost 80 self butt out of there and let somebody younger uh, in there who's not afraid of Trump. She could be afraid of Trump. I don't know. Um, anyway, uh, nearly 60% of the United States voters, U.S. voters surveyed said that President Donald Trump should be either impeached or removed from office or formally censured, according to the new Harvard uh, uh, poll released uh, moments ago. You think Nancy Pelosi sees that? You have to remember, Nancy Pelosi has been out of power for almost 10 years. The Democrats uh, lost the House. They lost the Senate. They lost the White House because of their ineptness. And then we come along eight years later, and we give them that power back. And now they're telling us that they're not going to do certain things. This is how the Democrats lose. 
They don't have backbone. They don't have the courage. They think they know more than we do, and we put their asses in office. Nancy Pelosi does, does not know more than what we do, nor the, know more than what we do or do not. But she thinks they and the people around her. We gave them the blue wave. And I've said to a lot, lots of people, I hope thousands, that if the Democrats show any kind of weakness toward Trump and the Republicans in 2019, we have to keep a fire lit under their asses and to let them know who gave them what, why they are there, because they're going to forget. I hate it when politicians act as if they know more than the guy on the street does, as if we should look up to them because they're politicians, because they're lining their pockets with our money and we should listen to them because they're smarter because they're in congress bullshit a lot of these politicians are in congress for one thing to line their pockets that's it and the and the con and lie to the voters and so that the voters will put their stupid asses back in and and they will uh, the poll shows that a majority of voters poll think that some kind of action should be taken against trump Though they are divided on how lawmakers should go as Democrats prepare to take over the House majority, the Democrats should impeach him. But they're not going to do that as long as Nancy Pelosi stands in the fucking way, acting, acting as if she knows more than we do. She knows better than we do. Okay, okay we can wait for Robert Mueller's uh, report. But Donald, we, <laughs> Donald Trump is fucked up so much. We don't give a fuck what uh, Robert Mueller is about to say. We don't care. We want the guy out. The, America is shut down because of this fucker. And we don't know when it's going to open back up. Federal workers are going to be, be missing lots of paychecks. And as I was saying on the show yesterday... These people are living from check to check, and they're going to be really hurt if they're living from check to check because they don't give a fuck. And a lot of these uh, lawsuits, civil suits that are against Donald Trump, they're going to be thrown out because of, uh, of the government shutdown. I'm pretty sure he likes that. Maybe that's the reason why he, he did this. But this guy is saying as long as he can get uh, – uh, as he don't get his border wall and the democrats i understand they're talking about border security but not a border wall remember all of those times trump said that mexico was going to build a wall mexico gave him the fingers and fuck you you big fat fuck we're not going to build anything and now donald trump coming after the taxpayers he's shutting down the government government this guy enjoys this he this is he enjoys the moment that the government shut down. It's shut down. He enjoys his power. He's about to do something else. I can't put my finger on it right now, but he's about to do something else dramatic, dramatic. And everybody is uh, screaming at Mueller, come on, come on, Mueller. Indict this motherfucker. Subpoena this motherfucker. Get him out of the office. He is taking down the United States, and he's doing it on purpose. He's doing it on purpose. He's doing it at the behest of Putin, and Putin do not. Putin does not give a fuck about Donald Trump. He thinks Donald Trump is an asshole. He thinks Donald Trump is a puppet. He thinks 
Donald Trump can be played. And he's right. However, Donald Trump loves Putin. They do. He doesn't give a fuck what Putin say about him. He wants to be like him. That's his mentor. That's the person he looks up to, along with other dictators around the world. Our allies, our friends, oh, he pushes them, he pushes them off to the side. Fuck them. He's going to go and play with our enemies and tell us uh, to fuck off. Donald Trump needs to be taken out of the White House. He is unfit. He is crazy. He's a loon. He's a dumbass. He's a nut. Exposing our troops, uh, their identities, uh, our SEAL personnel when he went to visit the Iraqi troops. I'm pretty sure you may have may have heard that. That's the dumbest thing anybody could do. He's ignorant. He doesn't read. He doesn't uh, uh, understand government. He doesn't understand anything about government. What he understands is what he can do to wreck it. This is what Donald Trump understands. He understands what he can do to, to destroy America. That's his motive. That's his random is destroy America because he doesn't like America and America doesn't like him and, and uh, he wants to destroy it. He's going to do some, some horrible damage, some more damage before he leaves. And people keep saying, uh, saying that maybe Donald Trump will resign. This fucker is not going to resign. If he resigns, he's going to jail. He will be indicted. He will go to prison. He knows it. His lawyers are telling him that. The presidency is saving his fat ass. The presidency is saving him. So he's not going to resign. Secondly, the reason why I don't, I don't think he's going to resign, and I've said this a thousand, a thousand times, the man loves power. He loves being in charge. You ever watch those photographs from the Oval Office where Donald Trump is folding his arms tightly and pouting like a little three-year-old child? He's folding his arms saying, I'm president and you're not. Fuck off, everybody. That's what he's doing. I've, I've seen those awful photographs. I said, man, this guy really needs to be uh, thrown out of office. And now we're hearing that Nancy Pelosi will not do it. Then she needs, to, she needs to get the fuck out, but she won't because she loves power. She likes the cameras. She likes the attention. She's 78, 79 years old. And I've said several times that she needs to go because we need fresh ideas. We need young faces. We need people who are not afraid of Trump and the Republicans. Remember, Nancy Pelosi, she's gotten her, her power from the rest of us. And they lost their power 10 years ago because of their own stupidity, not the voters, not the blue wave. The uh, uh, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, all, the, all they did back in the midterms was wait on the power that they were going to be getting from us. And now they, now that they've got the power, they're acting like they're smarter than we are, that they know better than we are just because they're in their positions. It's a lot of dumbass politicians in, in, in positions that don't know Jack. We voted for them to get rid of Donald Trump. We voted for them to keep uh, uh, the checks and balances on this president, on this. I don't know. I, I don't like calling him president. 
not president. He doesn't even call himself president. Donald Trump called himself Mr. T. Point, and that was dumb. That was stupid. Uh, Of course, we have a stupid man. And I'm still getting messages from people who say impeach Donald Trump. The House should impeach Donald Trump and reopen this government. Because I have a feeling that Donald Trump is not going to reopen this government on his own. It's going to take shut down forever. And remember, this is the same way that Donald Trump ran his businesses. This is the same way. And he promised in one of his campaign stops that he was going to run the United States uh, like one of his businesses. And what happened to his businesses? Bankruptcies. Ton of bankruptcies. Shutdowns. And most of all, people not getting paid. And now he's doing the same thing to the United States. The federal workers, 800,000 of them, I believe, uh, will not be getting paid. The government is shut down. We're on the verge of bankruptcy. And he is just tickled pink with his fat ass. His mantra is to destroy the United States, and Russia is probably going to destroy him. He thinks Russia loves him. Russia is playing him. Russia is threatening the United States with missiles. Donald Trump isn't saying a damn thing about that. He is not saying anything about Russia's latest threat to the United States. They're saying that they have missiles that the United States cannot uh, destroy. Donald Trump hasn't said anything about that. And we're all waiting to actually stand up and defend the United States. He's not going to do it because he doesn't like the United States. This adolescence has its hands on the United States. Democrats has to do something. We have to put a fire under their asses and tell them who is really the boss and who they should be listening to. All right. Um, ask whether Trump should be impeached and removed from office for his actions censured by Congress or whether Congress should take no action, 39% of the respondents said Trump should be impeached and removed from office. It should be, that number should be higher than that. I think it should be more like 79% or 89%. This man is, because of the people I've talked to and seen and a lot of posts I've uh, checked out, everybody wants this man out. But you know what? You still have some Trump supporters out there. And they're old. I mean, what I mean old is like, you know, 85 and 86-year-old voters who are Trump supporters. And it always has been said that seniors are the number one Trump supporters, even when, even when they were talking about cutting Social Security or eliminating it and Medicare and health care of every kind. Seniors were still, they were still in the pocket of Donald Trump. I met one the other day. She was 86 years old. We were talking great until she told me she was a Trump supporter. Then I had to just 
nix it right then and there. She looked like a Trump supporter. She talked like a Trump supporter. She yelled and screamed and bitched like a Trump supporter. I had to get away from around her. You know, I, I should have turned around and said, why are you supporting Trump? She would have gave me some stupid reason to why she's supporting Trump. So I didn't even ask. I didn't even ask. But there are Trump supporters out here, but and they are old folks. And uh, that's why I've been saying for years, <laughs> talk to your parents. Stop from watching Fox News. Stop them from believing that Trump is, is, uh, is doing his best for the United States. He's not. He's doing his worst. He's the worst president ever. He's the worst president ever. And we all know that. Or, or we should know that. And I, I walked away from her and I just said, fuck Trump. That's what I, 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 excuse my language, but I just said F Trump, you know. And then she started yelling and bitching. You know, so Trump supporters are everywhere. They're all everywhere. I mean, right outside your fucking door, waiting to bitch and argue because most of them don't know that he is uh, not supported by a lot of people. As Donald Trump has said, the reason that he said uh, – this was one of the stupidest things he said. Sorry, folks. Uh, that that the workers who will not be getting paid because of the shutdown were Democrats. Everybody who's anybody jumped on that dumb statement. And it, I can you know break it apart and say this and say that, but everybody jumped on that dumbass statement. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. On a Friday, on a Friday, and as I, as I, as I said before, okay, do we sing here? It's actually four. Um, uh, the reason why we're on on Friday because we being on Monday. We're going to break right here. Okay. I'm going to cue up Ashley Judd here, and she has some. <laughs> she has some really nice language. Pardon her language, also, folks. Ashley Judd on the George. Ashley Judd, stupid fucking slut. You can't sue someone for calling them a cunt. If you can't handle the internet, fuck off, whore. I wish Ashley Judd would die a horrible death. She is the absolute worst. Ashley Judd, you're the reason women shouldn't vote. Twisted is such a bad movie, I don't even want to rape it. Whatever you do, don't tell Ashley Judd she'll die alone with a dried-out vagina. If I had to fuck an older woman, oh my God, I would fuck the shit out of Ashley Judd. That bitch is hot A. F, the unforgivable shit I would do to her. Online misogyny is a global gender rights tragedy, and it is imperative that it ends. Girls and women's voices and our allies' voices are constrained in ways that are personally, economically, professionally, and politically damaged. And when we curb abuse, 
we will expand freedom. I am a Kentucky basketball fan, so on a fine March day last year, I was doing one of the things I do best. I was cheering for my Wildcats. The daffodils were blooming, but the referees were not blowing the whistle when I was telling them to. <laughs> Funny, they're very friendly to me before the opening tip, but they really ignore me during the game. Three of my players were bleeding, so I did the next best thing. I tweeted. It is routine for me to be treated in the ways I've already described to you. It happens to me every single day on social media platforms such as Twitter and Facebook. Since I joined Twitter in 2011, misogyny and misogynists have amply demonstrated they will dog my every step. My spirituality, my faith, being a hillbilly, I can say that, you can't, all of it is fair game. And I have responded to this with various strategies. I've tried engaging people. This one guy was sending me hyper-sexual, nasty stuff, and there was a girl in his avatar, and I wrote him back and said, is that your daughter? I feel a lot of fear that you may think about and talk to women this way. And he surprised me by saying, you know what, you're right, I apologize. Sometimes people want to be held accountable. This one guy was musing to I don't know who, that maybe I was the definition of a cunt, I was married to a Scot for 14 years, so I said, cunt means many different things in different countries. But I'm pretty sure you epitomize the global standard of a dick. <laughs> I've tried to rise above it, I've tried to get in the trenches, but mostly I would scroll through these social media platforms with one eye partially closed, trying not to see it, but you can't make a cucumber out of a pickle. What is seen goes in, it's traumatic. And I was always secretly hoping in some part of me that what was being said to me and about me wasn't true. Because even I, an avowed, self-declared feminist who worships at the altar of Gloria, <laughs> internalized the patriarchy. This is really critical. Patriarchy is not boys and men. It is a system in which we all participate, including me. On that particular day, for some reason, that particular tweet after the basketball game triggered something called a cyber mob. This vitriolic, global outpouring of the most heinous hate speech, death threats, rape threats. And don't you know, when I was sitting at home alone in my nightgown, I got a phone call, and it was my beloved former husband, and he said on a voicemail, loved one, what is happening to you is not okay. And there was something about him taking a stand for me that night that allowed me to take a stand for myself, and I started to write. I started to write about sharing the fact that I'm a survivor of all forms of sexual abuse, including three rapes, and the hate speech I get in response to that. These are just some of the comments posted to news outlets. Being told I'm a snitch is really fun. Thank you, Jesus. May your grace and mercy shine. So I wrote this feminist op-ed. It is entitled, Forget Your Teen. It is your online gender violence toward girls and women that can kiss my righteous ass.
And I did that alone, and I published it alone, because my chief advisor said, please don't. The reign of retaliatory garbage that is inevitable, I fear for you. But I trust girls, and I trust women, and I trust our allies. It was published. It went viral. It proves that every single day, online misogyny is a phenomenon endured by us all, all over the world. And when it is intersectional, it is worse. Sexual orientation, gender identity, race, ethnicity, religion, you name it, it amplifies the violence endured by girls and women, and for our younger girls, it is worse. It's clearly traumatizing. Our mental health, our emotional well-being are so gravely affected because the threat of violence is experienced neurobiologically as violence. The cortisol shoots up, the limbic system gets fired, we lose productivity at work. And let's talk about work. Our ability to work is constrained. Online searches of women applying for jobs reveal nude pictures of them, false allegations they have STDs, their addresses indicating that they are available for sex. With real examples of people showing up at this house for said sex. Our ability to go to school is impaired. 96% of all postings of sexual images in our young people, girls, our girls, our boys, are two to three times more likely non-consensually to share images. And I want to say a word about revenge porn. Part of what came out of this tweet was my getting connected with allies and other activists who are fighting for a safe and free internet. We started something called the Speech Project, curbing abuse, expanding freedom, and that website provides a critical forum because there is no global legal thing to help us figure this out. But we do provide on that website a standardized list of definitions because it's hard to attack a behavior in the right way if we're not all sharing a definition of what that behavior is. And I learned that revenge porn is often dangerously misapplied. It is the non-consensual sharing of an image used tactically to shame and humiliate a girl or woman that attempts to pornography us, our natural sexuality is, I don't know about yours, pretty gorgeous and wonderful. And my expressing it does not pornography make. So I have all these resources that I'm keenly aware so many people in the world do not. I was able to start the speech project with colleagues. I can often get a social media company's attention. I have a wonderful visit to Facebook HQ coming up. Hasn't helped the idiotic reporting standards yet. I actually pay someone to scrub my social media feeds, attempting to spare my brain the daily iterations of the trauma of hate speech. And guess what? I get hate speech for that. Oh, you live in an echo chamber. Well, guess what? Having someone post a photograph of me with my mouth open saying they can't wait to come on my face, I have a right to set that boundary. And this distinction between virtual and real is specious because guess what? That actually happened to me once when I was a child and so that tweet brought up that trauma and I had to do work on that. But you know what we do? We take all of this hate speech 
and we disaggregate it and we code it and we give that data so that we understand the intersectionality of it. You know, when I get porn, when it's about political affiliation, when it's about age, when it's about all of it, we're going to win this fight. There are a lot of solutions. Thank goodness. I'm going to offer just a few. And of course, I challenge you to create and contribute your own. Number one, we have to start with digital media literacy, and clearly it must have a gendered lens. Kids, schools, caregivers, parents, it's essential. Two, shall we talk about our friends in tech? Said with dignity and respect, the sexism in your workplaces must end. Edge. The global standard for gender equality is the minimum standard in, guess what, Silicon Valley, if L'Oreal in India, in the Philippines, in Brazil, and in Russia can do it, you can too. Enough excuses. Only when women have critical mass in every department at your companies, including building platforms from the ground up, will the conversations about priorities and solutions change. And more love for my friends in tech, profiteering off misogyny and video games must end. I'm so tired of hearing you talk to me at cocktail parties, like you did a couple weeks ago in Aspen, about how deplorable hashtag Gamergate was when you're still making billions of dollars off games that maim and dump women for sport. Basta, as the Italians would say. Enough. Our friends in law enforcement have much to do because we've seen that online violence is an extension of in-person violence. In our country, more girls and women have been murdered by their intimate partners than died on 9-11 and have died since in Afghanistan and Iraq combined. And it's not cool to say that, but it is true. We care so much geopolitically about what men are doing over there to women over there. In 2015, 72,828 women used intimate partner violence services in this country. That is not counting the girls and women and boys who needed them. Law enforcement must be empowered with up-to-date internet technology, the devices, and an understanding of these platforms, how they work. The police wanted to be helpful when Amanda Hess called about the death threat she was getting on Twitter, but they couldn't really when they said, what's Twitter? <laughs> Our legislators must write and pass astute legislation that reflects today's technology and our notions of free and hate Why speech. In New York recently, the law could not be applied to a perpetrator because the crimes must have been committed, even if it was anonymous, they must have been committed by telephone, in mail, by telegraph. <laughs> the language must be technologically neutral. So apparently, I've got a pretty bold voice. So let's talk about our friends, white men. You have a role to play and a Ladies choice and to make. You can do something or you can do nothing. 
We've We're get cool back. in this room, but when this goes out, everyone will say, oh, my God, she's a reverse racist. This is what I hate about using Wi-Fi, folks. It, if your Wi-Fi is super duper slow, it can affect your it can affect your computer, your transmission, uh, cause all kind of you know difficulties, and uh, and that's what we just had a <laughs> difficulty. And I was just thinking, Ashley Judd. I hope you she wasn't cut off in midstream because of that. But anyway, we were uh, talking about. Um, um, Impeaching Donald Trump, as always. We're going to take a break here, folks, because we did have an interruption. And uh, maybe that's because I've never been on on Fridays before. <laughs> maybe this is a bad omen for uh, being on on Friday, you know. But I, I enjoy being on on Fridays, you know. It, it's a great it's a great time to be on the air doing a podcast. And I want to thank everybody for, for, for listening to my podcast and uh, liking them and telling people about the George Wilder Jr. Show. And that is uh, one of the greatest things about this is that you tell other people about the show. You And you listen yourself. People listen in their cars. They listen on their computers, their iPhones, wherever they can listen to the George Wilder Jr. Show. And I do appreciate it. iTunes. I'm in iTunes, right? Um I mean, some some um, uh, website we're called iTunes or something. That's great. That's beautiful. Uh, people can find me. I'm all over the web. All you got to do is just put my name, Google me, and you can find a lot of the things that I'm into and that I'm doing. And um, it's just fun. Okay. I'm <laughs> One of the things is uh, about being on the air and on the, on the radio is that especially computer radio, you, I, all kinds of people pop up on my screens responding to this or responding to that or giving me a comment to that. I may not say it, but I see it. You know, I may, I may not say, hey, Pamela Wynn just just uh, popped up on my computer and she posted in here or posted there or she said this or she responded. I may not say that, you know, but I'll see it and I'll just try to keep going. Oh, we're going to, uh, is this Eric Clapton? Let's try it.
White House correspondent for CNN, Jim Acosta. Okay. All right. Can I see your socks? Can I yes, see your there socks? you go. Red, red, white, and blue. Can we get a shot of those? Red, white, and blue socks there? From okay. The, uh, from the Enemy of the People collection. Of course, of yes. course. Well, long may your ankles wave. Thank you. Now, 
As I said in your introduction there, you're the, you're the chief uh, White House correspondent for CNN. At the last press briefing, um, I think this was the last one before they went on vacation, uh, you asked uh, this of Sarah Huckabee Sanders. All the people around the world are watching what you're saying, Sarah, and the White House for the United States of America, the President of the United States, should not refer to us as the enemy of the people. His own daughter acknowledges that, and all I'm asking you to do, Sarah, is to acknowledge that right now and right here. Why? People seem to... Not a big deal, right? Just say we're, you know, we're not the yeah. enemy of the people, you know. So what did she eventually say to you? Did she ever say, yeah, you're right, you're not? Uh, she went through a litany of complaints that she had about the way she's been treated, and she talked about the White House Correspondents' Dinner, where uh, comedian Michelle Wolf uh, made some unflattering comments about her. I said, hey, you know, listen, I'm sorry that you've been put through the meat grinder. We all get put through the meat grinder in this town. Uh, but at the end of the day, you shouldn't be re referring to journalists as the enemy of the people. We're not the enemy of the people. Um, <laughs> You, you've gotten uh, you've gotten singled out by the president quite specifically in his disdain for you and for CNN, and you've become you've gotten some notoriety for pushing back in the way that you have. Are are you an outlier, or are you merely saying the things that everyone in the press corps is saying, but just not in front of a camera? <laughs> Uh, you know, no, we're all uh, fed up with, uh, with the treatment that we're receiving, and I'm not the only one uh, to, to speak out about this. Uh, you know, listen, but you're famous for it because you particularly get picked on by him, and you yeah. particularly push back. Well, I push Why back. do you think you have that relationship I, with him? I mean, listen, I, here, here's, here's, here's the way I describe it. This was going on during the campaign. He referred to us as the disgusting news media, the dishonest news media, liar, scum, and thieves, and so on. And then at that infamous press conference, January 11th of 2017, nine days before he became uh, president of the United States, he would not take a question from me uh, from CNN about uh, the, the dossier and about this uh, intelligence assessment that the intelligence community was giving to the incoming president, that you, you might be compromised with this information that the Russians have, and he would not take the question, and he said, you're fake news. And, and to me, when you insult our news organization, when you call us fake news, the way I look at it, hey, that's calling on me for a question. The same thing happened in, in Britain a few weeks ago when he called uh, us fake news at a news conference with the British Prime Minister right in front of us. He calls us uh, fake news, refers to CNN as fake news. I, I look at that as he's calling on me for a question. Why does he, so why do you I think am going to push back. Why do you think he, he dislikes CNN, seems to like, dislike you more than any other news service? Is it because you guys talked nice guy. about the dossier? Well, there was, there was an exclusive report that CNN had at that time on January right. 11th, and that was, that was my mission in, in life, was to go into that press conference and, and ask a question about that story. Uh, but listen, ever since then, and this is what gets under their skin, we have had to be fact-checkers in real time. We have had to try to tell the truth in real time. When the president says, Barack Obama wiretapped me, when he says, Barack Obama wiretapped me at Trump Tower, not true. When he says that millions of people uh, undocumented people voted in the election, and that's why I lost the popular vote. That's not true. Uh, you know, his, his political career was built, the foundation of his political career was built uh, on a lie that Barack None. Obama was not born in this country. And so, listen, uh, you know, these are tough times. Uh, there are some tough questions to be asked. But I, I, don't, I don't think we, we do ourselves any good, Stephen, if we shy away from these hard questions. And, you know, my goodness, uh, the way I look at it is, and, and this is the debate I have with my fellow journalists when we talk about this, is what if we just did nothing? Do we just sit back and well, do nothing in that, the face of that? that that's, that's, 
akin to the question I wanted to ask as a follow-up, which is, I believe you shouldn't do nothing. I, I believe in fact-checking. I believe in facts. I think there is an objective reality. Yeah. But um, it's where I live. And it's a good place but, to but be. Let's yeah. give some examples of like yeah. fact-checking the president, and, and, and you tell me what, what effect you think it might have. L last week, he said that um, U.S. Steel's, because of his tariffs, is opening six uh, shuttered uh, steel plants. Right. And people said, well, that's not actually happening. And then he goes, it's seven now. They're opening seven. And right. then U.S. Steel said, we're not. We're opening, we're, 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 we're opening one blast furnace in a plant that had been turned off. We're refiring one blast furnace. Right. And he goes, it's eight now. They're doing eight now. Yeah. So, but, so that is a, a demonstrable lie. Yes. And, and, and a big one, actually. It is That big. the company itself says, not true. And you guys report that it's not true. Right. What do you imagine the effect of that is? Well, it, it, because for any other president, it would be absolutely destructive. It, it, it is absolutely destructive when the president does that. And that is why, you know, I, along with many of my colleagues in, in the White House press corps, not just me, a lot of us do this. Uh, you know, we, we push back on these falsehoods on a daily basis. And this is why there are a lot of folks uh, who support the president who are very upset with us right now, because they, they take that in and they see it as, well, we're just bashing the president all day long. I mean, listen, are we supposed to do the news and not fact-check the president when he is obviously just telling whoppers one after another. I mean, I was at the rally in Tampa the other night, and he says not only are there fake news, there are, there's, there's fake polls. And, you know, in almost the same breath, he says, and by the way, a poll just came out and says I'm the most popular Republican president of all time. Okay, if the polls are fake, how could you then in the next few seconds say, by the way, I've got this poll that says I'm really popular, maybe even more popular than Abraham Lincoln. Um, <laughs> when polls didn't exist, but that was the other part. I was like, well, they didn't have polls back then as far as I know. Yeah. Uh, there might have been an antiquated way that they, you know, some straws. He was called the Kentucky Poll Splitter. I, I think, think that was, that's what, that's what, what it was, yes. Um, but, you know, listen. <laughs> Do I, you lose heart? Because no. your job is to... I'm not going to tell you your job, but I imagine yeah. the job of the press Please is to, yeah. is to um, uh, hold people in power to account for the things that they say and do. Yeah. And nothing that he says or does seems to have any effect on the people who, who support him. I, that is a difficult problem. And I was at this rally in Tampa last week, and you, know, you might have seen some of the video that people were at the rally were really We giving. actually have it. Can we show this real quick? This is, this is you in Tampa. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know her. I don't know why she did that, but, you know. She's some, she seems, she's somebody's little girl. She, she's she somebody's seems very girl. nice. We went out for a beer later. It was, it was great. No. Um, I mean, listen, you know, what I, I, talked, I talked to these folks. I, I was at that rally last week, and what I did was, you know, I stepped down from the, ra the risers that we stand on, and I went down, I talked to a lot of these folks, and they'll say things. The same thing? Yeah, there's a, yeah. Here are you. Here are you taking selfies with them. <laughs> There's that. Yeah. A lot of these folks, they, they're well-intentioned. Uh, you know, they, they care about their country. I totally understand that. They really like this president. But they'll ask me, well, why don't you report the good things that he does? Well, I said, you know, listen, we just talked about the jobs numbers last Friday. He had good jobs numbers last Friday. We, and they say, oh, okay. And it, they'll say, well, do you like the president? And I'll say, well, that's not really relevant, uh, whether I like the president or not. I don't have to like the president of the United States. He doesn't have to like me. We all have jobs to do. Uh, and as you talk to these folks, they sort of calm down. But my sense of it, Stephen, is, is that a lot of these folks, they get their impressions of what we do by watching other conservative outlets. They look at other conservative websites. 
And these folks are focused on the coverage of the president's behavior more so than they are the president's behavior. And to me, you know, I think that the president's behavior is, is more newsworthy than our coverage. Uh, but a lot of these folks... Yesterday, Donald Trump announced that he was proposing the cancellation of automatic federal pay raises for the roughly 1.8 million people, about 30% of whom are military veterans who were counting on such a raise. In a letter to congressional leaders, Trump made the absurdly laughable claim, given the context of his performance as president, that, quote, we must maintain efforts to put our nation on a fiscally sustainable course and federal agency budgets cannot sustain such increases, unquote. These raises were already approved by the Senate and were set to take effect later this year. Donald Trump is like a broken record, bragging nonstop about the economy going gangbusters. And being the best, it's tremendous, the greatest, believe me, but not gangbustery enough to give hard-working middle-class federal employees a scheduled raise. Look, let's put this into actual numbers. This move, while significantly hurting patriotic employees of the federal government, will only save taxpayers approximately $25 billion, according to Trump's own estimation. Let's put this into perspective. You remember the massive tax cuts for the super-rich that were passed in December? You know, the irresponsible tax cuts that even the conservative-leaning Wall Street Journal reports are now causing annual $1 trillion deficits. Yeah, those tax cuts. Well, fiscal genius Donald Trump plans to fix the $1,000 billion deficit, annual deficit, by taking $25 billion from hardworking government employees. Super, super smart. Ugh. In other words, when it comes to the fiscal responsibility, Trump set his own house on fire and is now trying to extinguish it by limply tossing one of his cans of Diet Coke on it. He created this problem. He did not inherit it. And now he is quite literally raiding funds promised to middle-income workers to fix it. Not to mention the fact that Trump is still engaging in exorbitantly expensive behaviors that are costing the taxpayers millions. His travel cost alone, including his constant golf trips for his first year in office, exceeded $13 million. The indecency of all of this goes without saying. Hardworking people should not be responsible for propping up the financial interests of powerful corporations and powerful people. But it's also yet another signal of how much contempt Donald Trump and his cronies have for the intelligence of the American people. It's become a consistent and frequent pattern of abjectly stupid claims uttered with no other purpose than to drum up uncritical support from the MAGABots that eagerly swallow his garbage. Take a look at this monumentally stupid utterance from last night's rally in Indiana. And they want to raid Medicare to pay for socialism. The Democrats want to raid Medicare, yeah. one of our socialist programs, to pay for socialism. They want to raid socialism to pay for socialism. Ugh.
Jeez. Is anyone <laughs> surprised that Donald Trump is a feckless dummy? The only people who think he's some kind of financial wizard are those who are even dumber than he is. Don't worry, if you wait long enough, they're sure to show up in the comments below. We've got to be better than this. Whether Trump is really as stupid as I believe he is, as he makes himself sound when he makes such a claim, or whether this is just a cynical ploy to rely on the reflexive, unthinking tribalism of his supporters, this is all dangerous. Listen, if you have not yet registered to vote, please do so. In the description section of this video, a link to vote.gov will be there, which will give you instructions on how to register, in many cases including an online portal where you can just do it online. Get it done. Don't wait. It's time to push back against this tidal wave of stupidity and indecency and collectively buoy up America with our common values and commitment to help one another. Exactly. Thank you so much.
back to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Thanks, everybody, for speaking with me, staying around and tuning in. And thank you for your calls, your comments, whether negative, <laughs> negatively or, or positive. I, I'm always appreciative. All right, Don Lemon of uh, CNN. We all know Don Lemon. He's a, uh, he, he sits at an anchor desk. He's on CNN. He's out there, and he's, he's very critical of Donald Trump. Donald Trump has been very critical of Don Lemon. He's, he's a very good-looking guy. I, I understand that he's gay, but uh, that shouldn't uh, stop anything from going. Anyway, he's a commentator. He's a CNN talk commentator. Um, Don Lemon says that Trump's 2013 call for Obama to be fired over shutdown is priceless. Donald Trump is always the same things. He contradicts himself. He, he he says one thing at, at one second, then the next, and he says something different pertaining to the same topic. He all he you can't pin this guy down. You can't do it. Uh, one poster said there is something seriously wrong with this guy. I think even Representative. Uh, Maxine Waters said the same thing. Something is seriously wrong with this guy. It is. There is something wrong with this guy. Congress knows there's something wrong with Donald Trump. Trump says one thing at this moment, then in the next second he says something different. He contradicts himself all the time. You never know where he stands. You never know how he stands. He just talks out of his ass. And I've said this uh, several times <laughs> on several uh, shows that I've produced on this uh, broadcast. He talks out of his ass. Next, And he talks to distract. He does things to distract. Pulling the troops out of Syria. Wanting to pull them out of Afghanistan. This is a distraction away from all of his investigations. He he knows we're talking about all those investigations, indictments, and subpoenas, and impeachment. He knows we're talking about that stuff. So he goes to do something even more monumental to get our minds off of that and focus on this. But I can tell you this. I bet Robert Mueller's the special counsel into the Russian investigation. I bet he's not being swayed. He's not being distracted. He's going to nail this stuff. Trump, excuse me. He's going to nail Trump. So Trump can do all the distraction, but these distractions that Donald Trump are coming up with, they are detrimental to. They are detrimental to this country. He doesn't give a fuck. He just wants you to pay attention to what he's doing now instead of what he instead of prison time. I do think this man is going to prison. I have no uh, qualms with that. I do think it's coming. He's just biding his time, trying to destroy as much as trying to destroy as much of America as he can before he goes the fuck down, before his uh, 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 family goes down. This is a Trump family of crooks and criminals and thugs, and we'll be right back. This is Don Lemon. President Trump, day after day, waging a war on reality. Let's be honest. Let's talk about his relationship with reality. Confronted with facts that don't fit his view of the world, his strategy is this. It's simple. Deny, deny, deny. Okay, let's just start with today. Falsely claiming that migrant children were not tear gassed at the border this weekend. 
We did. We don't use it. Okay, so facts really matter, right? And the fact is, children were tear gassed. So you can see that for yourself in this picture. There it is. This is a president who not only denies reality, denies what we have seen with our own eyes, he denies what members of his own administration tell him. Think about that. There is the big climate change report the White House tried to bury by releasing it on the day after Thanksgiving. A report produced by a team of 13 federal agencies. 1,656 pages full of facts, of science, and really frightening predictions about what could happen as temperatures continue to rise. Food could be scarcer. The U.S. economy could lose hundreds of billions of dollars. And thousands more Americans, quite frankly, could die. We're already seeing evidence that this country is being hurt by climate change. Farmers in Georgia could lose two and a half billion in the wake of Hurricane Michael. But when burying that report didn't work, President Trump, or President T, as he has nicknamed himself this weekend, simply said he doesn't believe it, even though it's his own administration's report. Yeah, I don't believe it. No, no, I don't believe it. This is a president who's not only anti-science, he's anti-intelligence. His own CIA has concluded that Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman personally ordered the murder of journalist Jamal Khashoggi. But President T continues to define, to defend, I should say, the Saudis and the Crown Prince, saying maybe he did and maybe he didn't. And he's made it very clear why he's so willing to defend the Saudis. It's all about the Benjamins. Concerned that by not punishing Saudi Arabia more, it could send a message to other world leaders that they can do as they please and America could weaken their eyes? No, not at all. Saudi Arabia has been a uh, longtime strategic partner. Uh, they're investing uh, hundreds of billions of dollars in our country. I mean, hundreds of billions. And of course, this president has consistently ignored the clear conclusion of his own intelligence community that Russia interfered in the 2016 election. Tonight in Mississippi, at it again, falsely calling the Russia investigation a witch hunt. We have a lot of bad people. We have a lot of phony stuff like the Russian witch hunt garbage. So this is not true. No matter how many times he says it, the fact is this. Three people have been sentenced to prison in the Russia investigation. Ask them if they think it's phony. One of them, George Papadopoulos, just started his sentence today. 35 people and entities have been charged with a total of 191 criminal counts. 191 criminal counts. So which hunt? Not so much. So maybe it shouldn't be a surprise that this president seems awfully eager to let the Russians off the hook for opening fire on opening fire on and seizing three Ukrainian vessels near Crimea. And act the president's own ambassador to the UN, Nikki Haley, says the international community must condemn. But the president himself was about as mealy mouthed as he could possibly be. Why can't the tough guy be tough 
on Russia. We don't like what's happening, and hopefully it'll get straightened out. On the same day, the president bragged about manufacturing jobs. The previous administration, they said manufacturing's never coming back. It's gone. You need a magic wand. Well, we found the magic wand, and that's actually... That's actually going to be increasing by a lot in the next short while because we have a lot of companies moving in. That was the same day he bragged about manufacturing jobs. It was bad news for GM today. The company announcing it will cut 15% of its jobs and close five North American plants. Yet this president has nothing but bluster for CEO Mary Barra. I was very tough. I spoke with her when I heard they were closing. And I said, you know, this country's done a lot for General Motors. Empty, tough talk. Ignoring the facts, even when they come from his own administration. It seems that people only tell the truth about this president when they've got one foot out the door. Here's the latest example. Congresswoman Mia Love, a member of the president's own party. She conceded today to Democrat Ben McAdams in their Utah congressional race and slam the president for saying this. Mia Love gave me no love, and she lost. Too bad. Sorry about that, Mia. Well, the congresswoman took a big gulp of truth serum and said this. This gave me a clear vision of his world as it is. No real relationships, just convenient transactions. That is an insufficient way to implement sincere service and policy. And there is another inconvenient fact facing this president. Six in ten Americans disapprove of the job Donald Trump is doing as president. According to a Gallup poll out today, just 38% approve. But it's unlikely the president will get the message. Listen to what he said in response to that classic Thanksgiving Day question. One any child can answer. What are you thankful for? For having a great family and for having uh, made a tremendous difference in this country. I've made a tremendous difference in the country. (laughs) Thankful for himself. kind of says it all, doesn't it? Yes, it does. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. You Thank you. 
folks, Trump has flip-flopped, reversed himself, contradicted himself virtually across the board. He has no internal consistency. Boy, is that correct. No core values other than enriching himself and so just says whatever he and just says whatever comes to his fucking warped ass mind as long as he thinks it it advances his interest. Most of us realize this. But his all does don't care. His supporters. As far as they are concerned, as far as they are concerned, he can lie a thousand times every day and take the position polar opposite to previous ones, and it's all good for them. 35% of Americans can't identify the Pacific Ocean on a map unless it's labeled. We're a nation choke full of ignorant people with no critical thinking skills, driven by emotion and religious fantasy. Trump is the first president to exploit this to its fullest degree. The GOP has peddled fear and loathing for the last 40 years. They sold, sold the seeds of today's crop. So the wind, reap the whirlwind. Here we are. And we have a lot, we have a lot uh, to try and repair when this asshole is out of office. When he's out of office. And it is luckily that we have um, Democrats. I'm Keith Olbermann, and this is The Resistance. I'm confident now, even more so than I have been throughout the last year, that this nightmare presidency of Donald John Trump will end prematurely and end soon. And I am thus also confident that this is the correct moment to end this series of commentaries. The important stuff first. There are seven routes in front of Trump. Each inevitably ends in his impeachment or resignation. The first, the likeliest, became a thousand times more likely with the Thanksgiving news of a possible deal between Robert Mueller and General Michael Flynn. As I reported here as long ago as April 4th, the most specifically qualified expert alive on the subject of prosecuting a president, my friend, the Nixon White House counsel John Dean, put it to me very simply. Mueller is not shooting down. Mueller does not make a deal with Flynn to get Paul Manafort. He does not make a deal with Flynn to get Jared Kushner. He does not make a deal with Flynn to get Trump Jr. Mueller makes a deal with Flynn to get Donald Trump. Period. The Flynn deal report suggests Mueller has completely assembled the backbone of his case and is now just hanging the meat from it. And just as importantly, if Flynn has merely considered a deal from Mueller, it almost necessarily means Flynn either doesn't believe he would get a pardon from Trump or that Mueller, as I've also reported here, has succeeded in finding a way around Trump's pardon power. And either of these near certainties spell Trump's doom. 
So that's the most obvious of the seven ways for Trump to go now. Mueller really will get him on Russia. It will be ugly, and it will tear this country nearly apart, but it will be necessary. The second way is, as I've also repeatedly suggested here, that Mueller doesn't really need to prove anything about Trump and Russian sabotage of the election. There seems to be so much obstruction of justice, from the firing of James Comey to the lies about Trump Jr.'s meetings with the Russians, that it's hard to pick out a key player in the Trump inner circle who could not be guilty of it. Trump could be impeached on just obstruction of justice and a few lesser charges. Nixon was about to be. Or there is a third way. We could be spared the trauma of a Russia impeachment or an obstruction of justice impeachment as we were spared it with Nixon if Trump is smart or just sufficiently scared enough and he resigns. Or if he isn't, those around him who could still sell themselves by selling him out will force him to resign. A modified version of this, of course, is the fourth possible outcome that even if Mueller is months away from his denouement, the Republicans will impeach or remove Trump by spring purely to save their own asses. The state elections in Virginia and Oklahoma earlier this month show what could face Republican incumbents nationwide next November. Not only were Democratic victories overwhelming, but half of them were little morality plays. The 26-year-old lesbian beats the Republican in the district Trump won by nearly 40 points a year ago. The transgendered candidate in Virginia beats the guy who wrote an anti-equality bathroom bill. The boyfriend of a news reporter shot to death on camera beats the Republican pro-NRA candidate. I'll say it again. Richard Nixon was not forced out of office by Democrats, not really even by Watergate. Democrats controlled the Senate and the House every day Richard Nixon was president. They could have impeached him at any point. He resigned when the leading Republicans went into the White House and told him that not only would he be impeached and convicted, but he would take all of them down with him and they were not going to let him do that. So that's the fourth way out. Trump becomes more of an albatross to Republicans and more importantly more of a rallying cry to Democrats and the Republicans remove him before the midterms and then boastfully run for re-election on having removed him. The yeah, fifth end game is the same thing him. only faster. The Republicans around him pull off Sorry, that palace that. coup that is perfectly legal yeah, under the 25th Amendment and Mike Pence and Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell eject Trump by simply stating he is unfit and getting their majorities to agree he's unfit. And if you don't think Pence and Ryan and McConnell would do that, you didn't see Trump's crazy tweet about the Man of the Year award or this thing in front of the Native Americans on Monday, and you don't know Pence and Ryan and McConnell. The sixth means by which Trump leaves early is, of course, that if the Republicans don't impeach Trump before the midterms, the Democrats will be able to after the midterms. If Virginia hopefully, and New Jersey and hopefully if Nancy Pelosi gets something out of her butt and 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 decide to get this man out of uh, out of uh, uh, the White House, we could reopen our government. But I'm, I'm I'm under the impression that she will not do that. I'm under the impression she will not impeach him. We want him impeached. The people who put her ass in power, we want her, him impeached. We're the ones she should be living not her own mind, not in her own brain. She should, should be listening to all of us who wants this man out of office. He's unfit. He's crazy. He's a loon. He contradicts, contradicts himself. He's happy that the government is shut down. 
he's he's thrilled. He is thrilled. And uh, first order of business for the um, incoming House of Representatives, the Democrats, should be to impeach Donald Trump. All right, folks, we're just about off the air. And uh, (laughs) we want to thank you for listening. I want to thank you for listening. Um, And make sure you leave your comments. Make sure you tell people about the show. And I know you're listening because we have a rating system here. So I know what's going on. I know people listen because we have a rating system, just like Fox News or MSNBC or some of these other other, uh, news outlets and some of these other radio uh, shows. So we do have a, a poll. So we know people are listening, you know. So I want to say thanks, everybody. Have a great weekend. Have a great morning. Have a great afternoon wherever you might find yourself listening to the show. And George, George Wilder Jr. Show, do appreciate your listening listenership. I do appreciate everything uh, uh, for liking the show. I do appreciate your comments. I do, whether they uh, positive or, or negative, uh, keep them coming. Keep them coming. Make sure you go on Amazon and check out some of my writings. I have some stuff up there that some of the stuff is short reads but it's good stuff and we're going to have some more stuff published uh come january 2019 so you go check out that stuff my writings on amazon.com you can uh, click on the link right here on block talk radio or you can just google me it'll all come up all right all right thanks everybody for listening Hope to see you next week. We're going to have a whole slew of guests in Jan- <laughs> Yeah, This is my last show for 2018. Wow, that seems uh, unimaginable, but it's real. This is my last show for 2018, you know, so because uh, New Year's is just around the corner. New Year 2019 is just around the corner, so this is my last show. So I'll see you next year, and you guys have a great, great, great New Year. Have fun. Go out. Do things. Family, friends, have a great time, folks. I don't want anybody sitting home alone, being bored, being lonely, and all that kind of crap. Get out and enjoy yourself, even if it's just for one night at Navy Pier or somewhere where they're going to have the uh, 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 fire. Uh, uh, what do you call it? The um, the light show, okay? Where they're going to have the light show, fireworks, you know the show get out there and enjoy that oh some people are gonna enjoy it on television anyway you enjoy yourself on new year's day um new year's eve new year's day go for it just don't sit around and be bored and out of it do not feel lonely do not feel helpless you're not the george wilder jr show is always here to help you through your night all right bye-bye folks have a great new year bye-bye